is off limits with this duo. It's father and daughter, Don and Cher. And join the club if you're a chatter mouth. Hey, y'all. It's Cher and Dawn. And welcome back to the Chatter Mouth Podcast. Mommy, your hair is still soaking wet right now. <laughs> I, know, I just got out of the shower. I know. I heard something. I don't know if it was screeching or if it was you singing, but there was definitely a lot of noise coming from me. <laughs> I was trying to sing, but I don't have a voice. I try so hard. I took lessons, but I think you have it or you don't. I it's don't so, have it. It's so sad. Sad. I know you did take a lot of lessons. I did. I did, did you always want to be a singer? I always wanted to be able so. to sing. Always had that dream that I could sing in nightclubs. In nightclubs? Yes, that's Why what I nightclubs? wanted. That's what I wanted. Not- I wanted to be able to sing in nightclubs. And, you know, that in my day, nightclubs were greater at the Coca Cabana. <laughs> now I'm really dating myself. In- <laughs> oh my- Wait, I would want to perform in like front of a huge, like sold out. You know, like theater or something. You want to sing in a nightclub? I want to be able to sing anywhere. I, I would have taken anything. Oh, me too. I'll take anything. <laughs> Karaoke, you want me? Okay. Oh, my goodness. Well, speaking of singing, today we have singer songwriter Maddie Noyes coming on the Chattermouth podcast. And I am super excited to speak with her. She has such a beautiful voice and such a talented artist. She too. really, really is. You know, it's funny the way she came to us is. Um, my friend Elena, who was the makeup artist, who she was actually on the Chattermouth podcast. She's a famous makeup artist. She works with all celebrities and different influencers. And she's actually really good friends with Maddie, wow. which is so funny. And so she was talking to Maddie and Maddie's actually a fan of our show Smothered, which is insane. <laughs> I thought that was the coolest thing. I love that so, so much. Anyways, I'm so excited to speak with her. You know, she has songs such as In My Mind, California Palms, New Friends, and so many more. You've definitely heard her on the radio before. She has an amazing voice. Also, she's performed with Kygo. Um, she's actually the lead singer for his song, Stay, and wow. so many more artists she's performed with. She is seriously amazing. Maddie Noise is making noise in the music industry <laughs> and changing things up. She really is. Just wait until you hear this. <laughs> Hi, thank you so much for coming on the Chattermouth podcast. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. I'm such big fans, and I'm so <laughs> thankful you asked me to be here today. So, well, we're a big fan of you. You know, you're a singer, songwriter, but there's so much more to you. And, you know, I think it's so interesting. We see people like you, you know, living the dream. Your song, um, In My Mind, has over 115 million Spotify downloads to date. You amazing. Have, <laughs> amazing. You have millions of views on YouTube number one on billboards, and you've performed with some of the biggest stars in the industry. But, you know, there's so much more to your story, I feel like, that people just don't know. So if it's okay with you, I want to just to kind of start from the beginning and hear more. You know, you left home at 16 years old. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So I started music when I was 12. Um, I always knew it's what I wanted to do. But when I finally got a guitar, I just started writing songs within like a week. And my parents were really freaked out and they had no clue where it came from or why. But my mom really pushed me and she kind of forced me to do this open mic night. She was like, I'll give you $50. And back then that seemed like a million dollars. So I was like, oh my gosh, okay, I'll, I'll just sing this song I wrote. 
at 12 and uh, you know I was shaking my body my legs were just shaking I was so scared but after that one show I became like addicted and I just loved it and I knew it was my calling and you know in high school I was never like the super popular or super not popular girl I was kind of just the the girl who's friends with everybody and I was closer with a lot of teachers than people my age and I just knew school wasn't really for me and I knew that I wanted to be in music and make a change in music and you know write music so I just begged my parents please please I'll do anything it takes if you just let me move to Nashville which at the time was three hours away you know mind you they're very at this time extremely conservative um you know grew up in a very small town so they made me do all this stuff they were like you have to pay for it all on your own you have to finish school online you're gonna get drug tested weekly to make sure you're not smoking a bunch of weed you know you're going to uh come home every week for church drive three hours both week and go to church and i said okay i'll do it and i just made it happen found like sold my saxophone found an apartment for like four hundred bucks a month and just babysat, ate a lot of Taco Bell, played a lot of open mic nights. And really the key to it all was just honestly having no fear at all. Never did it cross my mind like this isn't going to work out. Like it was always like, this is why I'm here. And I just... I want to be vulnerable and I want to do this. I'm okay to open up my life to the most personal parts because that's what I, I want the world to be able to do that too. I feel the world can be so shut down and so, you know, private and that's okay too. But like, it, it breaks my heart to even think about like my dad's generation and how a lot of those men were never taught to feel things, you know? So I just, I want people to know it's okay to feel things. And that's what my music's all about. You know, Maddie, I really admire you because you actually did it. You went, <laughs> you just followed your dreams. You didn't let anything stop you. And I really think that's what life is about to really go after what you want. Mm-hmm. I totally. Oh, yeah. It definitely is. But, you know, with that being said, like, it's a never ending journey of learning. And, and even though I've had some accomplishments, I still feel like I'm just getting started. I still have so much to do. I still have, you know, blocks I'm trying to break through and things I'm trying to overcome to be the best I can be. And all I can say is that I'm committed to getting there. And so that's, that's got to be enough for me right now. <laughs> And you know, every, like, you're still young. Like, it's, yeah, you're you still feel, young. Yeah. Like, you, you probably feel old because you've gone through so much. You've done so much. Yeah. In reality, we still have our whole life ahead of I us. I know. I know. And age is such a construct anyway, you know, like, Speaking of the name Cher, look at Cher. She's exactly. such an icon still. Like you can be whatever you want to be. The the things, the societal pressures, none of that is actually real. And that's what I really want to help people realize as well. And really, every obstacle you go to makes you a stronger person and you learn from it. Yeah. And you really are the type that really learns and you just get stronger and stronger. Oh, yeah. Like even when you meet people that hurt you, you know, that might hurt, but you have to learn those lessons. You have to feel those things. And what I call it is just practice. Like even within my relationship, you know, I went from like when we first started dating, I when he would do things that upset me, I might have got triggered and had childlike responses and maybe said something kind of petty or whatever. But now I practice like being whole in myself, being confident in myself, feeling, you know, putting that love in myself and 
practicing not reacting, not, you know, doing that. And it's every day is just practice. And the more you take those hard situations that people put you in and you choose to practice instead of get angry, it just makes you overall feel so much like peaceful and happier. You know, like for a long time, I felt the the light, like when I was a little girl, I felt like I was a sunshine. I just wanted to bring joy to everyone. I was always so happy. And then I got signed at 16. Since then, I was under um, control of people for like the last eight years. Now I'm 24. This is the first month of my life where I'm out of all my deals where people were telling me what to do every single day. So, you know, you got to imagine how hard but beautiful it is. It's like, it's kind of like, imagine you were, you know, people say like when they were in prison and they get out of prison, they don't know how to readapt to society. They usually end up back in prison. Like I'm not trying to end up back in being controlled and being told what to do and all that stuff. Right now is a fragile point in my life where I have to like really step up into my own. And I felt like a lot of people beat the light out of me that I had. But recently I realized that like, it's my purpose to be that light. So it's coming back and I'm coming into myself again and I'm feeling that confidence. I'm feeling ready again. And I'm just so thankful to like overcome all of that, like oppression uh, in the music industry and come out and be ready to fight for people and to lead the way for artists that are different, that need to be heard. And yeah, you know, before I was scared and I was, I was doubting myself and I was feeling not good enough anymore but now I've I've found myself again and I'm just so excited and so thankful for that that's amazing you know I just have a question so when you were 16 did you you moved all by yourself or with your parents yeah no it was by myself my parents are full-time they work all they could have never moved they have like a whole life you know so amazing though And and then you got signed originally I know right now you're not but you everything you've done you know you did it on your own which is um, what an accomplishment (laughs) that's thank you I remember when I was younger I used to beg my parents to move to LA beg and they would not let me (laughs) I just look at I just think that's amazing that you went for it you did it and you know you learn from it every day is a learning experience and I'm sure now that you're you know you're older you're not in these deals anymore where they're holding you back you're really Mm -hmm. able to do what it is that you want to do which is which is wonderful. And you're kind of changing the industry a little bit, I feel like. Yeah, definitely. Totally. Because every five years, the industry drastically changes. Like five years ago, people would still call me and say like, oh, you look fat in that picture. Take it down. You have to wear heels. You have to wear red lipstick. And now people would, now people will applaud all types of body types as they should. You know, people can show up to meetings and awesome sweatpants and no makeup and like be raw. And I think people are really craving like genuineness right now. Mm -hmm. And I think people are sick of hearing the same kind of stuff. So Mm -hmm. I think it's time finally for artists like me who want to like be multi-genre full is what I call it, which means I just, I don't, and not every song will sound the same. What's the same is me singing it, me telling the stories, but there's something for everyone. And it ranges from all types of feelings. Wow. I love the way you write your songs and it's about your life, a lot of the songs, correct? Yeah, but that also gets me in a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But it's like yeah. you have a diary, but you just I know. diary out loud. 
I know. And it's so funny because like my boyfriend, he knows me so well and he knows like that every word I'm saying is true. So if I'm mad at him or something and I write a song, he's never, he's always so proud of me. And, and I kind of hate it because sometimes he'll be like, see, aren't you glad I pissed you off? And I'm like, oh, that's not cool. But <laughs> yes, I kind of am because I have this song now. But it's, it's kind of a, it can be a toxic cycle. You have to be careful. You're not trying to sabotage yourself to write better songs. Because you're also um, kind of reliving yeah. you get in a fight. You kind of are reliving it every time that you sing the song yeah I think though like eventually like once you've moved past the fight you just kind of learn to like look back and just laugh at it and kind of smirk at it and be like huh remember that time we're we're, look at us now we're happy today (laughs) right right, right. totally totally (laughs) that's so interesting you know you were just saying how you know that you people used to tell you take down that picture you looked you know fat in it or you need to wear red lipstick or you know whatever it is you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know that side of the industry. Is that like the management companies that then tell you exactly what you need to do, where you've got to be, and you have to listen? Or how does it I'm, work? To be honest, you know, the music industry is like the most corrupt industry, and it's not been called out. It's not been called out yet. Um, it's like high school. Um, it's all about being the cool kid. It's all about who you know. Most of it's politics. You know, most of the same 10 people get played on the radio for 10 years straight. It's not actually about who's writing the best songs a lot of times and who's actually the best artist. It's about, you know, where your childhood star, are you TikTok famous, a, a quick fix. And listen, I'm not downing anybody. There's, that's not to say that a lot of those artists aren't truly incredible and amazing. But like someone like me, I come from nothing, nowhere. Like these are, these are songs that I write by myself, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's hard. It's a very corrupt industry. You know, the weight stuff is real. The body image stuff is real. The creepy men is real. Yeah. Um, the... Um, Every horror story here, artists don't get paid. We're the only people that, that it's almost impossible to make money, like literally impossible. Like yeah. I was in sessions for five years straight, almost every single day. If I wanted to miss one day because I was sick for my period or something, anything, the old men, they're all over, not say they're not old, but like they're over the age of like 60 in suits yelling at someone who's under 20, like. I don't care about your cramps. You can't miss this session. It's like, and we don't even get paid to write every day. We're not getting paid to do it. After years of writing, maybe one of your songs will come out, you know? And then it takes after that nine months, if even, to even see the smallest amount of money. I had a friend who wrote one of the, I'm not going to say, you know, just out of privacy, but he wrote literally one of the biggest songs in the world. You all know it. The whole world knows it. I still hear it all the time. And from Spotify, he made maybe, $15,000 from that. Unbelievable. Yeah, from Spotify. So unless it goes on like massive radio, you're not really seeing those millions. It's like you have to be a really, you know, famous artist who can like tour, have huge tours, get huge brand endorsement deals. But um, there's not really... A way to make money and, um, so many you know, I've had songs literally like I've heard my songs on the radio. I've heard my songs in stores. I've heard my songs, you know, getting Froyo all in one week and had like negative money in my bank account before. Mm-hmm. Like I've literally heard myself on the radio and had less than a dollar before. And now, thank goodness I'm doing better. But like at times in my life, that was my reality. Wow. Is it because like the managers take it all or 
like no it's simply because um labels when you sign with a label they usually want to own a lot of your master they usually give you an advance up front they give you some budget um but then a lot of times they don't do anything really with the budget and with all your songs a lot of the times the songs they sign you off of they never even want to put out it's just it's just the wildest game a lot of people only have their jaws because their daddy knew somebody, you know, like a lot of these people don't even know. I I have people telling me about music. I'm like, I'm the professional musician. You're someone who likes music. I don't even like, and you're yelling at me every day about like what I need to be writing. Like, it's just, it's unbelievable. So that's why I'm just trying to go in there and mess it up. Like, I'm not afraid of anybody this year. I'm coming for everyone in a very peaceful, kind way. I want the world to change. I want it to be positive but I can't stand for this anymore well I love Good that you're you uh, yeah really? I think the, the thing is we need someone like you to make that change to stand up to talk out that's mm-hmm. how things change like I can even totally relate I was living in uh, Los Angeles for a little bit trying to do acting um this is you know way back a few years like a while ago mm-hmm. um but I would wait my for my manager my um, agent to try to get me an audition and I'd be waiting waiting he wouldn't be able to get he like wouldn't get me an audition I didn't know if he was doing anything so the only way I'd be able to get these auditions I'd have to go to these events and meet these like meet these uh, producers and like talk to them mm-hmm. and kind of work for them to give me an audition then once you're in the audition you have to like do well obviously but still like a lot of it's who you know who you're kissing up to and it sucks it really really stinks you know it's so much it's so much more than just being than just writing beautiful music if, if it was just writing beautiful songs I would be the happiest girl in the world I could yeah. just go sit in a meadow all day and just do what I love but I have to do so much more in order to make sure that I can pay my bills and I have so many goals like I want to be able to like take care of my fan like not that they're not good on their own but I want to do even more for them like I love to just like surprise them with the grandest things you know like buy my dad a ranch in Montana or something like I just wish I could give back to the people I love so badly so it's like it's more beyond just me and I want to give back to the world too so it's just it's a lot more than just even trying to make sure my bills are paid you know but that's the thing you're that's why you're going to get there because you're not stopping and you've been going and going and you're, I just know it. I really believe you're going, you've already done great things and you're going to do even more. Like, I, I really not. believe that too, because you really have that in, you have that desire and that drive and you ha- exactly, yes. you have that drive and I really think you're going to do it and yeah. you're going to make a difference in this world That's too. That's what we need. Oh, that means so much coming from you guys. You guys are so positive and beautiful. I love just like your relationship and your dynamic. And, you know, Elena, she put me on to Smothered right before Christmas. And I just love like really good reality TV. It's kind of like my guilty pleasure. Totally. And yeah, totally. Like my favorite show is The Bachelor because wow. they, or, or Bachelorette because they think it's so interesting how they put like half women who want to just stir shit up and half women who are like really like really like pro- professional like people who really want to find love in a house together and they're all like trying to be friends and, and fall in love. It's just a wild human experience experiment Mm -hmm. but I love seeing really good reality tv shows because 
I like, I like real things like my music. I like seeing real stuff. And so we started watching Smothered and when Elena put it on, I was like, oh my gosh, this is officially my new favorite show. (laughs) And I became obsessed and I put all my friends onto it. And then over Christmas, I made my family watch it. (laughs) And I made my mom watch it with me. And I was like, mom, we should go on Smothered. And she's like, ha ha, no way. So it's like fun. never. I love you though, but no. <laughs> I was like, okay, but you know, thanks for watching it. And I would keep watching it. And they'd be like, guys, Maddie, can you watch three episodes in a row? Can we please watch like some football? <laughs> like we watched oh, so much smothered. So I just loved it. I loved your guy. You guys are one of my favorites. And when Aww. Elena told me about this, I was like, oh my gosh. Honestly, I'm fangirling. Like this is amazing. That is that is Aww, so cool. So we sweet. feel that way towards you. So. Yeah. Thank you so much. Are you guys both in Florida right now? Are you living we there are. or? Yeah. Okay. So no, I'm just visiting my mom right now. So um, for just for the week, and I go back on you know at the end of the week. But uh, it's been so nice. It's been so nice visiting the in New York. <laughs> oh, so you're still in New York? Okay. So uh, any plans to ever officially move back to Florida? Yeah, maybe. I mean, honestly, I love Florida. It's like, I love humidity. I love that the water's warm. I love, like, I would move to Miami in a heartbeat. I love that you can wake up and, like, jump in the ocean and it's not freezing, like, in LA and the water's not all dirty, like, no, it is in I LA. LA. Oh. oh my gosh, I wish LA is the best. I love it. It's not oh. humid. My hair was okay. But, I want, warm. but I want to ask you with LA, do you find that most of the people are fake? Is it hard to find like real true people? Okay, so and- the reason she's asking this is because first of all, I think so my brother lives in New York, but he uh-huh. I really think he should move to LA. He's deciding right now between Miami or Los Angeles. I think he should go to LA, but we're concerned with what she just said. <laughs> what do you think? I feel you. A lot of people have that, you know, that idea. Yeah. Um I will say like, you know, if you move here and you don't know anyone, it's going to take a minute to find your people, but, uh, it can be a lonely city, but with every place there is, there are very high pros and, and cons with every place, you know, literally every place I've ever lived. There's always an upside. There's always a downside. All right, it's about that time in our podcast where we're going to hit pause because we have something really exciting that we want to share with you. We wrote a book together. It's called A Bond That Lasts Forever. And basically, it's how we got so close and how you can too. It goes over all of our life's ups and downs, all of our struggles and obstacles, and how we overcame them and became as close as we are today. We added in a bunch of photos of us throughout our life so that you can really get the inside scoop. It shows me as a little girl, share with you was younger all the way up until today. It was so much fun and honestly we loved writing it but we hope that you love reading it just as much or hopefully even more. Anyways you can pick it up on our website at abondthatlastforever.com or you can even just get it on Amazon or in Barnes and Nobles wherever you get your books. Anyways we hope you love our book. Now let's get back to the podcast. For me, I got it easier because I do music. So I got to be in rooms with lots of really 
vulnerable people, the right music, so it's easier to make friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what he like what his line of profession is, but maybe he did. Oh, he's a doctor. So yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of yeah. Like I feel like doctor people here and like nurses and stuff like they're not fake. You know, like they're probably the least mm-hmm. fake people in LA. So he'll yeah. probably be surrounded by like the least fake type of person, which is yeah. good. Because <laughs> <laughs> usually in LA, if you throw a rock, everyone's a singer or an actor. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think he'll be fine. You know, I think he'll be fine. An area where there was all artists around, especially if you're in that industry, I feel like Mm -hmm. you're living, like, for example, I grew up in like Tampa and no one around me was into like acting or that type of stuff. And I loved it. And so I didn't, I never was able to connect with people on that level because there wasn't that, there weren't, I moved Mm -hmm. to Los Angeles for a little bit and there were so many people in the industry and it was so nice because, you know, to have that and just to have people that kind of get you on that level. Yeah. And, you know, I think that the more like in tune you become with yourself and the more you become like the more life experience you have, just kind of seeing people's red flags and meeting people and, you know, watching how like I'm I'm very observant person, like extremely observant. Mm-hmm. So I can always really pick up on on people pretty fast. And that's not to say that there aren't people who will surprise you and let you down sometimes, you know, sometimes people just are who they are. But I would say if, if he himself is grounded and has a good grasp on people, there are so many wonderful people in LA to meet that are so creative and so mind-blowingly talented and individual. And as long as he has a gauge of like kind of telling who's a bullshitter or not, you can usually tell the ones that are bullshitters are the ones that want to kind of tell you all about everything they have or offer everything right off the bat and be like, Hey bro, I, I can get you in, a, in any club you want, you know, like those kind right, of right, right. versus like people who are like just humble and just normal and, you know, like not trying to be anything they're not. You can, you just get better at feeling that out, I think. And that's how I navigate it. And I find more better people each year that I'm here because I become a better person myself. So I'm just attracting that, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Are you um, performing nowadays or not as much since COVID? It's interesting you say that. So, you know, in COVID, although like all the, of course, all the, you know, negative things came from that, like all the horrible deaths and things, the tragedy and the jobs that I feel so horrible about. But on the other end of everything bad, there is good as well. And I think for a lot of people, it gave them a chance to face the truths in their lives and take breaths and take a moment and slow down. A lot of people got divorced. A lot of people fell in love. Like we kind of fast forward and figured out who we were and we're forced to do that. So for me, like, you know, well, like I said, growing up when I was a kid, I would write all my songs on myself by guitar and then move to LA and every every day I'm in this session with other people which is really great too but COVID got me back to just like I would just you know connect to like as like to God as like a channel and I would say like please just use me like in the silence and you know melodies would come to me in silence and I would just go to the piano and write these beautiful like these really timeless classic songs that felt more like me than anything I've ever written like how I started off I finally felt like I was getting back on track but I wasn't able to play any shows for two years and so you know finally this year at Art Basel Miami this past December 
I um, got the chance to play just like just me and, and a guitar player. And I got to kind of practice and get back into it a little. And it went so well. It was so well received. And I kind of felt again like, oh, yeah, this is what you're supposed to do. So I have been really hesitant and nervous because I have all this really good new music that no one's heard. Everybody only knows me as kind of like this pop girl, but I'm way more deeper than that like a lot of my new stuff is very like alternative and indie and groovy and funky and it just goes everywhere so I love that. I was pushing off playing shows everyone was asking me everyone was asking me I didn't know where to start after I got out of all the control that I told you about mm-hmm. and finally my my best friend my roommate who's an artist Molly Moore she was like hey I'm having an album release party at Kiss Kiss Bang Bang which is a really popping venue here Um, our friend Danny is going to spin after like, do you want to play like a set? Uh And I want every part of me wanted to say, no, I'm not ready yet. But I made myself say yes. And I was like, Oh no. Okay. I said, yes, now I have to do it. (laughs) So literally I had a meeting yesterday with the band director and I put together a whole band with him and we chose all the songs and like, that's great. Now I'm about to start playing again live for the first time. And what's so funny about this is because me and my boyfriend fell in love during quarantine, he's never seen me play a live show before. So he's like the one of my closest people in my life and like he hasn't even seen me live like imagine how scary that is he accidentally went to one of my Kygo shows at the Barclays Center in New York like five years five or six years ago but we we didn't know who each other were we were in the same room like several times before ever meeting and then we met on an airplane so it was like crazy but um he's never seen me live so I'm kind of freaking out I'm kind of wait a second wait a second did you just say you met on an airplane yeah like I'm I don't use apps like I love love and I'm just such a love addict and so I always just meet people I always like have the little movie moments of meeting people in real life and and, like falling in love and I just have all these little love stories yeah oh I love that now that's a song wait was he like sitting next to you on the plane or something so the creepy thing is he was sitting like in front of me (laughs) I noticed well he was sitting in front of me in the middle seat and I was sitting behind him in the aisle seat and I swear I it was like lo- like time stood still and I saw him I seriously it was wow. crazy I was like oh no he's gonna ruin my life if this guy talks to me <laughs> and so I was just really hoping to get out of there because at the time I did have a boyfriend and I already knew that guy wasn't right for me we already had been having a lot of struggles and he lacked like a very fundamental thing that I was looking for in a partner so which is actually something I want to ask you guys about in a second but anyway for now um so I noticed him doing like he would get up on the plane and stretch he would like he was like stretching in front of the whole plane. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've never seen anyone do like yoga almost on a plane, but he just had no concept of like anyone noticing him. And I didn't think he saw me. Um, but at, when we got off the plane, he just asked me like, hey, is that your bag up there? And he got it down for me. And I was like, yeah. And I ran off and he ran after me. And I took, I always take the stairs and he took the escal- escalator, es- however you say it. And um, he was like, hey, I just want to know, uh, I usually take the stairs, but for some reason I didn't this time. Why did you take the stairs? And oh. I was like, um, because I can, and it's a blessing to be able to walk. And like, I've been sitting for six hours. Oh. 
<laughs> it was just such the funniest pickup line. And oh. he was literally like, like, what's your name? And I told him and he was like, no way. I've literally known about you for like six years. I know your whole team. I know the guy that signed you. I'm best friends with the dude on your label. I know the dude, uh, other dude that signed you. I was at your show at the thing. Like, he's like, do you want to share an Uber with me? And I was like, no, I don't know you. Like my boyfriend's outside, but like we started writing music together and we were friends for a long time first. And, you know, I didn't sleep with him immediately because he honestly was kind of like a fuck boy. And yeah, I just didn't give in. And I guess my awesomeness won him over because I never like pushed for it. I just was myself. Yeah. I was like just myself. And eventually he just couldn't live without me. Wow. I know I think it's funny we were in the same room so many times because we weren't meant to meet yet we even went to the same gym we never oh saw each God. other and you yeah you know what sometimes it just goes to show it's all about timing yeah I would have never been like ready for him before that and same with him you know like we've taught each other a lot but with that being said I wanted to ask you guys you guys have been like long healthy, committed relationships for a really long time. One of my questions was, what qualities do you think a man needs to have to keep a woman for that length of time? Also, how do you keep love alive for that long? That's a great question. Well, first of all, I think you keep love alive by always, can, no matter if you're married, it's your husband, or if it remains your boyfriend, you always are constantly continuing to date your partner. And mm-hmm. no matter how old you get, how long you're together, you want to just keep dating each other and making it special together and always set aside time to really grow together and keep each other involved in your lives. So for you, you know, you might end up traveling more and having to be away more often, but making sure he always feels involved and you talk to him and he remains your rock and you remain his. I think Mm. that's really how you end up remaining close. And because, you know, after a while, sometimes it does get a little stale and and that's normal and that's okay. But just having that person continue to be your rock and be able to support you by communication, having that communication is so important. And and I also think like having time every week, even where you put away your phones or every day is the best, but time where you put away your phones, you put away outside um, things that are pulling you in and really talk, like really talk and you know, I think that's really how you remain close through all the years. That's at least been my experience. And it's always a work in progress. You always have to work at it, no matter what. You always have to put the other one first. Really try to always put mm-hmm. the other one first and don't be selfish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. And when you do go through these, like when you say it gets stale, is it like, does it come back the good stuff or does it just stay does it like a wave of like sometimes it's stale sometimes it's not stale I think it's always there's what were you I think also it grows into a a deeper love Mm -hmm. a deeper Uh connection Mm -hmm. that then Mm -hmm. when when you first met and you know it's just sexual or just honeymoon right the honeymoon phase it grows deeper I see so like what qualities do you think a man like is really important to have to like be a really good partner for for a person. I think it's somebody who's willing to change, who's willing to listen and Mm. who's willing to grow with another person. And someone who's not like my mom said, selfish. I I think really 
someone who wants the best for you too and is willing to help make you a better person, but also just wants to see you grow and is happy for you and continues to push you to be the best you that you can be. And if you could answer that question, like Cher says, does he make me a better person? Then you know he's, he's for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really good advice. Thank you. <laughs> I also got to say, you guys both have like the most amazing skin. What moisturizer do you oh use? Oh my God, you're like, <laughs> we just did a podcast on this. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. I'm going to go listen to it then because yes. I was wondering, I was like, there's no way they're 30 years apart. There's just no way. <laughs> so I'm sure you hear that way too much, but I was just like, I, is it just genetics? Am I just, is it just they're lucky? Like I might, i you guys might just be lucky. I don't know if like skincare can give the rest of us what you guys have. <laughs> so, so sweet. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, we did just do a podcast where yes. my mom reveals all of her uh, secrets to her <laughs> anti-aging. <laughs> anti-aging. Okay. Well, I'm going to listen to that. Yes. Definitely. Let us know okay. your thoughts. <laughs> well, I will. <laughs> I want to ask you, Maddie, did you ever take singing lessons? It was just a gift that you have. I know. You I know? always wished I could sing, but terrible. Well, you <laughs> see, um, growing up, my voice was always very stylish. Stylistic. And, you know, my mom, you know, I know you guys are all obviously all about the mother daughter uh, thing. Like she, she's an angel, you know, she really pushed me. She really believed in me more than anyone. Even if there were times where we weren't as close and when she was really strict, you know, like as we grew older, like now she's my best friend, you know? Right. So, um, and now you understand why she was strict or whatever. Uh, yeah, no, I do. And she's also changed a lot. You know, she's also mellowed out a lot. So it's easy. It's easier for us to be friends now, which is really, really, really cool. That is cool. Right. That is great. So wait, so did you take singing lessons? Oh, oh, right. Oh, sorry. I totally forgot that was the question. Um, oh, yeah. So my mom, she didn't want me to because she said my voice was really stylistic from a young age. And she was afraid that if I got into lessons, that they might try to shape that and change that about me. And she wanted me to keep that special style that I naturally had. So, you know, I never took singing lessons. But now as an adult, I would take it now that I have that style down and it could never be changed at this point um now I would take it just to almost like maintenance like how you would do therapy or how you would do workout classes like Mm -hmm. just to just if I do start touring you know I've considered even though I hate cardio I hate running more than anything I love to work out I do aerial I do soaks I do all kind of crazy stuffs but I hate cardio (laughs) but I've considered recently like I'm gonna start running and singing at the same time so when I have these shows and I'm jumping around stage for an hour like I don't get worn out it's it's almost like I'm about to have to be an athlete so I'm open to singing lessons now just to get the voice even more fine-tuned and ready for these shows so that I can bring the best I can possibly be to whoever is coming Wow. wow, you have the most gorgeous voice, and you even do. just like your singing voice is unreal, like 
unreal. And it's so stylistic, like you said. But even just hearing you talk right now, yeah. I can listen to you talk all <laughs> day. Thank voice. you so much. So I, so and I think you have it or you don't. I really I mean, think so. I've tried singing Me lessons. Too. It's it so hell. And it's so bad. <laughs> so bad. I tried. I people, like, people tell me, if you take my singing lessons, you'll get better. But it did not work. I mean, you know, it's, do you like, do you like to sing though, right? I like to sing, but not when someone can hear me. I'm so embarrassed. Do you sing in front of anyone? Like you sing in front of Jared? Not anymore. No, because you know what? I realized how bad I am that I realized (laughs) no one should hear it. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, you know what? If it brings you joy, don't stop. Even if you don't, even if you, if you think it annoys Jared, I bet deep down he probably finds it enduring and charming <laughs> That's some way. <laughs> so funny. You know, um, you were just talking about like getting ready for shows and all. I was wondering, do you have any like pre-show rituals or anything that you do to help calm the nerves? Because I know, for example, if I ever have to go in front of a large audience, I like get so nervous that I end up stuttering a little bit. I was wondering yeah. anything that you do. That's a great question. Um, I, I, I always say thank you to, you know, I'm, I'm really op- open to the like world. I grew up religious. Um, I, I'm, I'd say I'm like a modern day kind of Christian. I, I don't, I think some of the Bible's translated wrong, but like, I do believe in God, the universe, a higher thing. I believe we're all connected. I believe, you know, it's all, it's a, just a beautiful journey. Life is, is beautiful. But so for me, whatever that is that, that's allowing me to be here and have this gift, I'll usually go to the bathroom because I always have to pee first because I get, I like right. pee so much first because I get so nervous. And I just look up to the, the ceiling and I just say like, thank you. Like, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I try to find gratitude. And the thing about me as an artist is like, I don't believe in the slightest that just because I can make beautiful songs or, you know, might be in somewhat of a spotlight that I'm better than anyone else. I am as equal as any job in the world. All that's different between me and any other profession and any kind of level is that I was just born to sing and write songs, you know? So I try to go up there with that mentality of making people present and sharing. And often when I come on stage, I don't even know what to expect will come out of myself. <laughs> I, I don't even know. I become a different person, which is why I'm kind of nervous, not a different person, but actually fully who I am. And that's why I'm kind of nervous about my boyfriend seeing me perform for the first time <laughs> because he's going to be like, whoa, this bitch is a leader. <laughs> you yeah, know, like, she's violent. <laughs> and so, um, but yeah, I say thank you. I usually usually do some stretching. I love back bends. I don't know why I love to do back bends because I can do them and they're just fun. Yeah. And then now I recently discovered breath work, which is like, I'm not a professional at it yet, but I went to a workshop and it's basically where like just through breathing, you, you, feel heightened to like a place where as if you were on drugs or something like your hands are tingling and your feet are tingling and your body's tingling and it's just after you get done with it you feel so grounded and you know sometimes during it you have crazy revelations and stuff of just like things you didn't even know you needed to work through or let go of and yeah it just makes you it's amazing is it like a meditation 
Mm-hmm. It's like a meditation. The one that I do, it's like you take a deep breath into your stomach, a deep breath into your lungs, and then you let it out. And you do that over and over and over and over again. You're laying down on the ground. And usually it's guided. You can do like guided YouTube or go to an in-person person or go to a group thing. And, you know, it, it sounds scary. Like I was scared at first, but like a lot of people will like cry or during the breath because it's just so intense what your body's feeling. But it's really not scary. It's actually really beautiful. And hearing other people around me kind of like letting go and crying like allowed me to let go. And I never thought I would go in and cry. I'm not very easily just believing in anything in LA because there's a lot of people who claim to be like healers and stuff and they usually turn out to be a bit fraudulent. So um, I'm never the first to just be all about anything. I am deeply open and spiritual, but I don't just trust anyone. So, um, but this really worked for me and I even like started crying and letting go of things. And what I realized in that moment of clarity is like, all the people that have ever hurt me in the industry, maybe even parents growing up and they didn't realize it, you know, I started instead of wanting to avoid them. It's not that I ever had hate towards them. I I forgive people very quickly. I don't believe on, I I believe in forgiveness more than I believe in anything in life, but it's not that I had um, hate for them, but, or anything like that. But all of a sudden I started to have this extreme empathy and compassion for them and why they treated me that way because they were treated that way. And like, it just overwhelmed me with like, Oh my goodness. Like this, um, this, this has nothing to do with you, these people and how they treated you. And like, I felt a lot of compassion and empathy and that allowed me to really let go and let go of that darkness I was telling you about. And after that, I just felt like my sunshine came back. And so it was just really powerful for me. Wow. wow. I love that. I need to try that. I definitely need to try it sometime. Wow. wow. <laughs> Highly recommend. Yeah. If you guys are ever in LA, you can just come to a workshop with me. I know a really good girl who does it. Real? So. Oh, it's so You cool. know, like speaking of the hurt, like you mentioned Gaiko before, and if it's okay with you, I was hoping to ask you a question. You know, I'm I'm sure you know where this is going, but I read that Geico Kygo. Kygo had you on his floor <laughs> with him and, and you didn't show mm-hmm. up one of the times because of an illness or something, and then they banned you, which I found insane because you're just so amazing. <laughs> is this true? Yeah, so you know what had happened was um, you know, with Kygo and and I have nothing but, you know, love and respect. I wish the best for him and his team. I really do. I have nothing but love in my heart for everyone. But at this time, you know, you do have to make a choice for yourself, especially as a woman, mm-hmm. to stand up for yourself when you're being treated really wrong. Yeah. So what happened with this song is I already had written this song 100% by myself with just me and my friend Will Larson, who's an amazing producer. He did that song Am I wrong? Thinking that we could be this thing for oh, real. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah, so we wrote that song together. We never thought it would go anywhere. It was just another day in the studio. And then uh, someone sent it to Kygo, and he, all he did was speed it up a little. I already made a drop. He just took the notes of my drop and, like, switched them around. So basically, he got, like, most of the publishing, which I didn't even care about because nobody knew who I was. I was, like, a nobody, and he was a somebody. So I knew it would help blow up my career. So 
And he put it out and it really helped him like cross over in America and it really helped him like really break that song. And I wrote that, like, that's my song. Like he can't take that from me. So basically, you know, his manager at the time, he was very young. I believe he was 22. He was kind of one of the most just super big ego kind of reminded me of like a a similar personality to like, kind of like how Donald Trump would act on TV. Just very like, what I say goes blah, blah, like kind of a, he was kind of a bully you know he had that personality Mm -hmm. and it's not that he needed to be mean to me or that I did anything wrong he just wanted to be a bully and wanted to be on a power trip and so you know mind you there was never any contract signed that I had to be at any of these shows they never paid me to sing at any of these shows meanwhile he's getting thousands upon thousands he's getting over a hundred no not at all he's getting over a hundred grand to push a button and we go up there and sing and work our asses off and and give him the hits and he didn't pay us a cent all they do is pay for the flight in the hotel of course obviously i'm not doing that but like so yeah so it comes around yeah it's crazy so it comes around to austin city limits and i have literal strep throat like i've tested positive i'm really sick and what kind of manager wants a singer around their whole team to get them sick their artist sick it just makes no sense mind you most of the shows i don't even go to because i'm not getting paid i have my own life i'm writing my own songs i'm making my own stuff pop off like i don't need to be in kygo's world forever it's just a little part of the story so um, they can easily just play the track like they've done a hundred times before. But he gets on a power trip and he says, well, if you don't come to this show, then you're not allowed to play the Hollywood Bowl show. And that's the only show I cared about because none of my friends had ever got to see me play on a big stage or anything like that. Like I literally went from playing room of a hundred people to 24,000 in like a week for my first time. Like one week I was playing hotel cafe in LA and then they gave me a call. They're like, you're going to the Nobel Peace Prize. You're going to this Swedish American idol finale to be the guest performance. You're going, it's just crazy stuff. Like you're going to the biggest festival in Norway with 26,000 people at it. Like, So I was just like, okay. (laughs) So I really wanted my friends to see me at the Hollywood Bowl. It was a big deal. So I said, said, listen, man, I don't think you really mean that. Like, you're not going to bully me. I'm really sick. Like, I'll see you at the bowl. It'll be fine. And he's like, no, I'm serious. So I call, he calls me the day of the bowl. He's like, no, you can't come. Sorry, you're not coming. You should have showed up, whatever. So then like my friend Kesha, who has been put down in the industry a lot, you know, she's been through it. We've all seen that. She, I told her about it. And she stuck up for me. And like, I tweeted about it. I was like, I'm so sorry to my fans. I was supposed to be there tonight to sing for you, but they banned me and they punished me for being sick, even though we didn't even have a contract. And I usually don't like to cause like drama or whatever, but I have to speak out about this because you guys need to know why I'm not there. It's not that I don't want to be there for you. I'm being punished. And it's for no other reason than this person is a bully. And so once Kesha reposted about it, his, his manager calls me. He's like, oh we love you come down to the bowl right now just just delete the tweet we love you you're like family just take it down we want you to play tonight come on we're sorry and I said guys out of all respects I will never play with you again and I'm done never spoke to them again and but you know what was so positive about that 
years later, like I was at this uh, event for women in the industry and a really amazing artist that I really looked up to came up to me and she was like, Maddie, like I just have to say, it's because of you speaking out that now that me and a bunch of other girls who do DJ stuff, we're now getting paid on tour because of you. Like since you said all that stuff, like now we're getting paid. Like thank you so much. And for me, like just that alone made all of it worth it, you know, to make that Chills. Yeah. Oh my gosh. See, you're making differences. Yes. Yeah. You're making a difference. That's amazing. What a story. Oh. Yeah. It was mind blowing. I was like, how can people, like, how are, why are people like this? But hey, the next day, like once I just went into nature and I just, I drove out of LA like two hours into nature with my best friend. I just like sat down and took some breaths and I just let it go, you know? Yeah. And I went on to have massive songs after that. And <sighs> I'm still going on. So, you know, like, yeah, he's just a step in the road, baby. I really think the world of you because you are not giving up and nothing's putting you down. Yeah. And you're not letting people like that walk all over you because that's not fair. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, there are moments where you, where you do let it get you down, but you got to get back up again, and that's what matters. And I'm exactly. up again. <laughs> I love so that. So that's a great lesson for everyone to yeah. learn, you know? Yes, yes. At the end of the day, always, always don't give up on your purpose. Right, and always stick yes. up for yourself, mm-hmm. no matter what. <laughs> well, yeah, that, you know, if yeah. people will call you like, and this is a woman, they'll say, oh, She's a bitch. She's hard to deal with, whatever. I mean, we're changing that narrative. Like, it's just a part of, if we just all keep sticking up for ourselves and demanding greatness. Like, well, we can yeah. get there. I, I know it. Right. I love it. I love I your love attitude. It. I love your positivity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I love y'all too. Well, Maddie, thank you so much for being on the Chattermouth Podcast. Really? We had so much fun chatting with you. Me too. Thank you so much. And if you guys are ever in LA or if I'm ever in Florida, I would love to meet you guys and go like have a lunch and have a girl's day. And just oh, I would love yes. it too. We would love it. Yes, girls. Okay, well, we'll make it happen 100% then. Amazing. Yes. Can't wait. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. All right. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. Bye. I loved speaking with Maddie. Her (laughs) desire to be successful, to keep going, Mm -hmm. to keep striving is incredible. And it's something for everyone to learn is never give up in life. Keep going after your dreams and make it happen. Only ourselves can make things happen. Right. And always stick up for yourself and really like go for it. If there's something that you want in life, like you can make your dreams a reality. And Maddie is the perfect example of that. Yes. And if you, everyone has obstacles, everything, nothing is perfect, Mm -hmm. but you just get through it and make yourself stronger. That's what it's about. And she shows that. I think it's so awesome that she found so early in life, her calling, you know, there's so much of us, so many of us go through life wondering what our purpose is and what our calling is. And she found it and she's not stopping until she gets exactly where she wants to be for herself, for her loved ones, for everyone who looks up to her. And I think that is just such an amazing thing. It's just wonderful. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel inspired today. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I definitely do. I do. I feel enlightened. I feel that positivity all around me. Mm -hmm. And wasn't her, she's just like, her voice is so beautiful. All of it. She's amazing. Yes, Yes. Well, on this note, As I'm striving for something and haven't gotten there yet, I'm going to keep pushing and I'm going to keep Maddie in my mind. (laughs) 
All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to the Chattermouth Podcast. This was so much fun. We'll see you all next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Chattermouth Podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, then you'll love our book. It's called A Bond That Lasts Forever, and you'll get an inside look into my life growing up. All our ups and downs that we encountered and how we got through them and became closer from it. We hope you love reading it as much as we loved writing it for you. And if you have any questions for us, visit ChattermouthPodcast.com or send us a DM on Instagram. We love connecting with our listeners. In fact, if you tag us on Instagram listening to our podcast, we promise to reshare. And if you screenshot and send us your review, we'll send you back a surprise and it's very special. (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe and join the Chattermouth community. And if you like this podcast... Please give us a five-star review. It means the world to us. And don't forget to tell all your friends. (laughs) Bye, Chattermouths. We'll chat more later.